0: Amen. So our Sunday school lesson is dealing with the tabernacle. Amen. Of being filled with God's glory. Amen. So the focus verse came out of Exodus, the 40th chapter. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle amen so we're going to get into some fast moving hot heavy here so uh those of you to have paper your good day for you some notes amen And I'll go through and sporadically come with some commentary. The teachers did an excellent job teaching the lesson this morning. Go a different route. And Sister Leach, if someone is in need of some paper, if you don't mind uh, giving that to them, Is y'all have a habit of coming to Sunday school without taking notes? When well, you need to take notes, because y'all don't know everything, we don't know everything. Uh, sometimes we need to rehearse some things that we've once heard before, been taught before. Uh, we, you know, may have forgotten. You got to stir up your what? Pure mind by what? Remembrance. Okay. So always come in a place to where you can be teachable. Amen. Because you can benefit from parallel, parallel of the Old Testament with the New. So let's talk about, you know, the first part of the lesson when Tina was talking about the building of the tabernacle. And it was one of the most powerful, symbolic stories that you will find in the Old Testament. It was f- with foreshadowing. Okay, So we're going to talk a lot about foreshadowing of things that were to come. And so even down to the very materials that God used, and God is very particular and very meticulous. God don't just haphazardly throw up stuff like we do. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that this was a, building it's not like the buildings that we have today, uh-huh, but let's not get this confused just because you see the word tent don't mean it's that tent that you throw up in your backyard. uh-huh, it was very elaborate, uh-huh, it was very beautiful, it was very historic, it was very meticulous every single part. God instructed, mm-hmm. and so we have to understand another concept: that regardless to how big it was and how beautiful it was, there is no temple made by the man's hands that can contain God. Okay, we understand that, right? Uh, you you can't put God in a box. Can't can't put can't isolate God inside your building. Uh huh. That's why it's important that Gentiles know that y'all don't have monotony on God. Uh-huh, because he's supernatural. Uh-huh. And the whole earth, the whole planet is his footstool. You see. He doesn't just dwell in one place of the world. Uh huh. And so, in addition to the materials of the building, God appointed anointed men, gifted men. Because, see, you know, in their time, they didn't have the luxury of calling a contractor. Anybody dealing with building buildings, homes, and, you know, subdivisions and businesses, you usually call contractors and contract different services. The nation of Israel didn't have it like that. Okay, they were farmers, agriculture, culture. So God had to raise up gifted men that had wisdom that knew how to get the job done Mm -hmm. just like he still does today he raises up whom he chooses Uh uh-huh in the work of the ministry five four to get the work of the ministry done to et i which is to build right Uh uh-huh y'all follow me so these men in the Bible talked about these two in particular, Basiliel and Ohiliab, they would cut and set the stones and carved the wood. hmm And see, there were so many different beautiful materials used. It was not only just wood and stone. There was gold, silver, brass. They were onyx stones. See, ain't that little stuff out there in the parking lot. So get your mind off of that. uh, God ain't used nothing cheap. Uh huh. Because you don't serve a cheap God. You serve the ruler of the whole universe. And so when he get a job done, he's very particular because he's an awesome God and he wants awesome work done. You know, when you have work done on your house, you have work done on your stuff, you want the job done right. Huh? Come on, somebody. And you ain't just throwing your money away to have a half job done. You want the plumbing done right. You want the roof done right. You want the flooring done right. You want the bathrooms laid right. Oh, come on here. Because if it's not done right, then you can have a lot of problems with the structure. hmm but he had anointed men, they were anointed by the Holy Spirit, uh-huh, that allowed them to do a not only a natural work but in a supernatural way. oh my God, talked about they had wisdom, they had understanding, and they had the skill. It's not just about the skill. But God, when he endorsed something, he endorsed it with the spirit of wisdom. Mm. Wow. and understandings. Wow. so he gave instructions. I believe it was in it started back in exodus 26 but we'll, we'll get there. And he told Moses and gave him all these instructions about the material, and then he said, "Not only that, not only the the brass, the gold, and the silver, but I want you to use fine linen. <laughs> huh? What do you think I was hanging up, huh? <laughs> it wasn't just your sheets that we got now, it was fine linen, it was blue, purple, huh? that was." Denoting the holiness, huh? The beauty of God. Those royal colors. Yeah. And not only that, the fine linen, they had the cherubims woven on the inside. So when they were hanging, you saw the cherubims. Jesus. My God. <laughs> Woo! Can you imagine going to church like that? <laughs> Woo! My God! See, you know, the Gentiles, we think we got this all sewn up and made in the, you know, we think, oh, we just had a church, they had a good time. Oh, they had a good time in the Old Testament, too. <laughs> Gentiles just late to the party. You just late. You see, you you were late to the party. Uh, you go to church like that. Woo! My God, (laughs) everything was so detailed. He had brass hooks and brass this. He had gold overlay, and it was pure gold. It was a picture of heaven. Oh, we're going to get to it. Yes, yes, yes. All of it was a a picture of what was the... And it was given by God himself. Woo! Told him to use some ram skin, that tough stuff. dyed in red. Oh, the red represent the blood. Uh, oh, use badger skin and shit em wood. wood. Uh, not that cheap, flimsy stuff uh, that the termites going to be able to eat through. But that strong, sh- solid stuff. And that strong, solid wood, it represents God. Huh and use that olive oil, that pure, beaten olive. They got in there and they beat the olives till the oil came out. And that's what he does to his people, by the way. And you wonder why you're going through so much. You're serving the Lord and doing that which is right because he's going to get the oil out of you. He's going to press you. <laughs> he's going to allow you to go through. Uh, Jesus went through the beating and the pressing uh, and you think you ain't going to go through nothing. you going to go through. Yeah, you're going through. So let's get ready to talk about the layout of the tabernacle. Number one, see, there was only one entrance. You see that door right there? You get your imagination mind on this morning. There was only one way in and one way out. There were no other doors. There was no door in the back. There was no door downstairs. It was one door. That one way is typified of the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. But you the life. See that? The one way or the door, Jesus told them, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. He is the way into the kingdom. There is no other way. Uh, people try to skirt around and go around Jesus. All they want to try to call on the titles of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But Jesus said, I am. it ain't no other way he said if you try to come another way you a thief and you are a robber Jesus is it that one way it's one way to God (laughs) Ephesians 4 and 5 says what it's one Lord one faith and one baptism Hmm. it's one God one father of all, in you all, above you all, and through you all. Uh huh. So then everything was designed around a scale of five or ten. So basically, the five represents grace. Oh, that's what you got now. That's the dispensation that you operating in now. Shout grace. Uh And then the number 10 represented God's completeness. So we had the bronze altar. We're going to, you know, imagine this was the altar. And it was laid in bronze. It was five by Five by three. And it was a perfect instrument that was representing the grace of God. Mm. And that's what you got right now. Then there was the holy the holies. And it was a cube ten by ten. And it reminded us that God provides for our sin. Oh, my God. He always made provision to deal with the sin issue. Hmm. Because he wanted us to be able to get it right. Uh-huh. So then we come to the outer court. Oh, this is where you come in. Uh-huh. Let's see. You didn't have a right to come to church. You do know that, don't you? Uh huh. Okay. Sister so, so Leach, we're going to pretend you're in the outer court, sis. Uh huh. This is where the Gentiles was outside. Uh huh. You didn't have a part of the covenant. Uh huh. And so, you Gentiles, look at them, Sister Leach. Yeah. Huh? You what they're doing up there? you can do a peek in yeah you, you may have brought a sacrifice and tried to be a part but you were not allowed in the inner court. uh-huh but you better thank god for the grace of god huh we're talking about grace here with these dimensions and what they templify and foreshadow you better thank god that he allowed you to come from back there uh, up here and now gentile she ate. The fact that God allowed you to come from back there to appear, and you can get closer and closer to the manifestation of the power of God because you didn't even get a sprinkle out there, oh my God, and now look at God's grace. <laughs> My God, we take God for granted. And we take everything of God lightly. Uh, When everything God do got a purpose, uh, everything God do, we got a plan. Uh, He had a plan in motion uh, all the way back, uh, starting in Genesis. And so, then we get to the, bronze altar again, and it stands as the place of sacrifice. See, we want to serve God without sacrificing anything. You may not have to bring your animals no most Minister Karina, but you better present your body as a living sacrifice. <laughs> oh, You mean to tell me I got to bring something still when I come to church? Yeah, you do. You have to, number one, bring your mind. Oh, y'all getting quiet today. You got to bring your mind. You got to bring your body. And you supposed to bring an offering. Oh, see, God ain't done away with that. I know what the dumb preacher talking about on social media, but God still reminds us to bring Woo. Not only our body and our body, but the sacrifice of praise and the fresh fruits of your increase. That's Bible. Mm-hmm. You still got to bring something. Now, everybody may be on a different level of what they bring. Everybody's income, situations, different. But guess what? God knows. He knows all the particulars of what you got going on. But he still requires you to bring him something. That's an act of obedience and it's an act of faith. Y'all understand that? Mm -hmm. So it reminds us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So, the whole purpose, them dragging those animals out there, but see, you know, the thing we got to remember is that they didn't bring them uh, musty animals in there on God's altar. Uh huh. And he ain't going to have no boo boo in his altar. What he required was blood. Get all that out there. Huh? Drain the blood. Then the priest had to bring it in. Mm uh-huh. hmm. God was very particular. They had to do it God's way. I, I'm just gonna bring it out. It's gonna come as I am, and God gonna have to accept. Well, that, that that's the attitude of Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Did God have to accept anything? Yeah, yeah uh-huh. That's how we ain't this like we privileged or something. Yeah. That God, do we gracing God? It ain't gonna have church without me. Uh, I'm gonna sing on when I sing my song, then the church really get fired. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah, ooh. Attitudes are horrible. Huh? And if the priest came to God's altar with unrepented sin, they were dead as a doughnut. Because God don't play. you might play church but God don't play. <laughs> get down get down to it. So they had to get the put it on the and it was a foreshadow that the lamb was slain. It foreshadowed that the Lamb of God on the cross was slain. Before the foundation of the world, uh-huh, there was a foreshadow of what was to come with Christ because he was the Lamb that was slain, huh before the foundation of the world. What did John say? Here is the Lamb of God <laughs> behold the Lamb Shoddy the soul, oh my. God. Now you'll be able to speak him for yourself and the Jewish nation couldn't perceive that they had the great God of glory that it rocked himself up in flesh and came the tabernacle. I'm trying not to run here. I felt like running all around my block when I was studying and reminding me of the awesomeness of God, that he fought all this out and planned all this out before our generations ever got here. My God. Y'all think church just started in the New Testament. Now God's been having church way before we got here. I'm trying to hold it. Woo! Because it let us know That God was the one His blood And his blood only Was the only ultimate Blood that can Clean and wash uh, And sanctify His people Not the blood of a bull Not the blood of a dove Not the blood of a regular lamb Oh, because They weren't perfect Jesus. He was perfect enough. He had no error. He had no flaws. He had no hang ups. He was perfect. And he was holy. holy. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Lamb of God. Yes, up a Rushima and the prongs water label. Let me pass my phone around because I took pictures. It was it was full of bronze, full of water, went to wash because God expected them to be clean. So, you had this labor where you had to clean, and it foreshadowed our cleansing from sin, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 28 that he, which is Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse it. What is he talking about? His church with the washing of the water by what? The word? You see the typification, The washing of the water. And then he even bring it on tighter to the New Testament. Washing of the water by the... Oh. John nineteen, thirty four, talks about the crucifixion of Jesus. I think I had mentioned this the other week about when the soldiers had pierced his side with a spear. What happened? What happened? Blood and water. So you know that that Roman soldier. There was a sinner standing underneath the blood and the water of Jesus. He ain't never been there clean in his life. <laughs> Woo! My God. The blood was to do what? It was to atone for sin. Hmm? That's why you participate in the communion. Huh? It's not haphazard. Huh? The blood significant is for atonement of your sin. That's why Jesus kept it up. So the Gentiles would have atonement for their sin. See, we take a lot of stuff for granted with God. And without knowing and understanding the purpose. Why is it that you do what you do? You take the cup. You take the bread. Who is the bread? Uh huh. There was no remission. Hmm. Okay. So then, after the priest had came, and he offered the blood sacrifice and he had washed in the laver and he entered into the holy place. Y'all was not getting in the holy place. It ain't for everybody. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Missionary. You, you, you weren't getting there. Yo you huh he consecrated, I think it was Exodus 26, where he consecrated Aaron and his sons to be the priests before him. And that's forever. Did they stop? (laughs) Oh Yeah. You weren't going in there. (laughs) <laughs> and you talking about the you want the manifestation of the glory of God? Well, which manifestation? Uh, thank God, you got the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, sis. <laughs> you, you, you you better thank God because that manifestation. Um, yeah, uh, we we ain't going in there. Because that manifestation was so heavy that the Bible talked about in Exodus 40 that Moses could not even stand in. And he talked to Moses face to face and he was his friend. Moses, this is holy ground. Don't you play with me, son. (laughs) when he ascended to Sinai to receive instructions from the holy mount of God and thunderings and lightnings and the smoke filled the mountain, he said, Moses, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. You play with God. Just because he ain't killed us today don't mean it ain't going to happen in a few days, a few weeks, a few months. Jesus, you got to don't play with God. Because that manifestation ain't nobody in this room would have been able to deal with it. You hear me? So think about what you're saying. You got the glory that God wants you to have. That peace that he wants you to have now in the New Testament is the Holy Ghost. Uh huh. Be satisfied with that, huh? Work with that. Let it lead you. Let it guide you. Let it comfort you. Let it instruct you. That's the portion of the glory that He decided for you to have, cause so you can handle that. <laughs> Leave the rest of the Lord. <laughs> Woo, woo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now, elder. Deal with what he left for you to have. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus. So he entered into the priest that God instructed now. Wouldn't know anybody. To come in a holy place. What did the holy place represent? Write this down. It represented heaven. I want to go to heaven. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the holy place. Mhm. No, we ain't going to go there any kind of way. You have to come consecrated. You have to come dedicated. You have to be sanctified. You... Wash and cleanse from your sin. And it's the same way that huh, you you got the privilege uh, of making it to heaven. Uh, you ain't gonna make it uh, like a crooked leg preacher, uh, a crooked leg saint of God. Uh, You're gonna have to get the dead cats off the line. Uh, you got clean you gotta be what uh, your garments gotta be spotless uh, without wreak uh, or blemish or any such thing. You're going to slip your way in the glory. you going to just dance up there. I'm dancing on the streets of gold. Yeah, by the skin of your teeth. <laughs> when you read the magnitude of the presence of God, the magnitude of the structure, when you read the magnitude of heaven, Better ask yourself the question Am I going to be able to go like I am right now? No. No. So, to the south was the golden lampstand. John 1 3 through 5 says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made that was made. In him was life. Who am I talking about? Uh-huh. You see that? Because he's the light of the world. Y'all see that? And the light shined in darkness. Darkness comprehended it not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Huh? But that's where you come in. You better thank God you come. Ooh, you better thank God you got a seat, Jesus, at the table. My God. Because they rejected him. Oh, it gave you an opportunity to accept. Oh. Revelations 1. Twelve through thirteen, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and I turned and I saw seven golden what candlesticks. What does the seven golden candlesticks represent, Oh class? They're looking at me, huh? You read your Bible, y'all Bible students. What does that represent? The seven of ch- Asia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the midst of 07, here we go. Right in the middle of that candlestick, y'all saw the seven different ones, but right in the center, huh? Was the light. <laughs> The sticks, it was one like unto the Son of Man. Ooh. Wait a minute, John. The candlesticks was all the way in Exodus, man. John, how did you see that in the vision of God? Oh. And he reveals to the apostle of the new. That's the mid-church. I am your candlestick. Yes. <laughs> my God, even David said it in Psalm 27: I, you are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Huh? It's the Lord. My God, Jesus is it. He's it. He's the one. Yes, he's the most anointed one. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the light and he is the salvation. My God. Then you had the golden table of showbread. Y'all saw the table. Yes. <laughs> had 12 loaves of bread. Yes. Oh, 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 the 12 loaves. Uh, who is the 12 loaves, Elder? I yes. oh, see that? Yes. You see the foreshadowing God did. Yes. It was very particular. Yes. <laughs> I feel like Trying to hold it. Trying to hold it. And the show bread means the bread of his presence. Huh? Wasn't like them Hawaiian rolls you chunking and eating? Huh? Rolls at the Texas Roadhouse. Oh, no, honey. This was holy bread. Uh, you didn't play around with God's bread. did not you play around? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> and beside the bread, it was a cup. It was a cup. The bread and the wine. Huh? Y'all follow me? And it templified the Lord's table. Oh, so you may tell me that was templified whatever you... okay, sorry. The to And the ministers come and minister. Uh-huh. He allowed them access. So now they are able to stand and minister the Lord's table. Oh, so it's holy. That's why they tell you to make sure you take a moment and make sure that you're gonna get all that craziness out of your heart before you come in here to take the Lord's Supper. Don't you take it lightly because Paul said that's why it's so many sick among you. Uh huh. Taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. Know they got stuff on the line and won't repent. Oh, oh you know. Oh, don't play dumb games with me. Oh, you know. Come up here and take the Lord's Supper. You remember your stuff. You make sure you get that stuff straight. But don't you sit there in that chair. You have a responsibility to get your tail up here. Or you have no part with him. Uh huh. You ain't got no excuse. You have as much opportunity to get that stuff straight before you come up here and take Lord's Supper. Because it's holy and it's consecrated. That is a Lord, that is a representation of the Lord's and the Lord's blood. You got some unforgiveness in your heart. You better get rid of it. <laughs> you, uh, arguing and bickering and, and acting a fool. Oh, you know. Oh, you know what you're into. You know you had your hand in a cookie jar. Don't, don't play dumb games with God like he don't see and he don't know. Huh? Stuff you got in your heart, you refuse to repent and let go. Oh, God, no. Huh? That's why so many folks sick in the body. God for granted. Taking this thing lightly. Don't you ever let another Lord's Supper go by when you take that lightly. Because you was that out- God allowed you access, Gentiles. You better be serious. It's an honor and a privilege to serve this God. It's an honor and a privilege. And let me get down to a little bit more. A little bit more. The golden altar of incense. Y'all saw that table, the picture with the incense. It was positioned directly before the veil. You saw the holy, holy, the most holy, and there was a the veil. Mm-hmm. And so that altar was meant to burn incense. Oh. oh, there had to be a sweet odor, not a musty odor. Because a musty odor represents sin. Mm-hmm. Y'all do know that. Come to God before God must it with sin. The sweet odor, what he was looking for. Huh? And it drifted once the priests lit the incense, the odor did what? It reeled. did that represent mm-hmm. mm-hmm represented praises most importantly it represented the prayers of the Saints prayers of the Saints go up before him as a sweet odor See, so you think your prayers are not being heard you think your prayers are not significant just because you don't get an answer immediately, don't mean God didn't hear you. Uh huh. He has a time and a season where He chooses to answer, not answer, sir. But the prayers of the saints go up before Him as a sweet odor. Mm. Y'all see that? Isn't that beautiful? Dick, what was what he? The art was really touched. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, you, you want to put your hands on the I I don't care how much sanitizer you put on You ain't clean enough. <laughs> you see? You see? Uh huh. And it was never meant, Aunt Tina, to be touched with animals. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be on a cart with animals, stinking animals. Uh, No. That's how people died. See? Because it had say that the priests were to carry the ark on their shoulders. God was very particular. Putting the presence of God on our old nasty donkey you call yourself taking the holy ghost to the club taking the holy ghost out there on a the street corner call yourself taking the holy ghost to the crack house god has departed Jesus. he will not in the midst of our sin and our trash and our garbage and our filthiness because he's holy He's separate and he demands that his people be separate. He demands it. He ain't asking you. Sanctify yourself. Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to wash themselves before they come before me. All that dirt on their skin. Well, musty. You tell them to wash. Y'all been taking God too lightly. You don't realize how good you really get it. Now you can take a shower at the crib. You can get dressed in your fines. Get in your car. Huh? You ain't got to do that walking like the nation of Israel. Uh, see, they walk to church. We ain't walking up the block, let alone walking to church. <laughs> oh, come on here. Walking? What? Yeah, everything. (laughs) Wash their clothes, Elder. They weren't coming above God with no dirty clothes. Woo! Okay, okay. So the veil hid the ark, and the veil represented, it was a symbol of. Of the cherubims, the presence of God was woven into the veil. And once a year, the high priest would come into the Holy of Holies, the sprinkled blood from the bronze altar and on the Ark of the Covenant. And Christ's body huh, was torn on the cross. Then the veil was done what? It was rent. It was torn. Huh? From top to bottom. Just like those animals were rent and their blood was shed had to be sacrificed and on the altar. The Ark of the Covenant. But one just know anybody coming there sprinkling nothing. Hmm. The wall of petition, because it was a wall. You wouldn't get get past the wall. It was a wall of petition dividing God from the people. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. There was a wall. Only a select few could even get close to the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was out there waiting. (laughs) Make sure God accepted it. Because if he didn't accept it, you know, the priests, they had on their holy garments and they had bells on, you know, underneath the garments so they could make a noise. You know, making a noise with them bells, they were still alive. <laughs> but if they weren't making no noise, they were dead. That mean God didn't accept it. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we in trouble minister we think God accept everything. Oh whoa, 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 wait wait a minute. Well, maybe if I hop and I, I run around in time and he'll accept it. Oh whoa, whoa, whoa. what if I get some extra money? Oh whoa, 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 whoa. but about uh, huh but elder let me let me try to you know make a, a contract you know I, I do this God and you do that God. Mm, uh, uh, your bell don't stop ringing. Oh no! Yo, yo, your bell don't stop ringing, Sister B. Where's the bell? Ooh, and the poor people out there. Are they waiting. Are they waiting. Lord, please accept our sacrifices. We don't want to die. We was touchy sis. and they had a rope on him. <laughs> Because if that bell stopped ringing, sis. All right, y'all. We're going to have to pull him out of there. Yeah, <laughs> Get going yeah. They pull that dead donut out of there. Yeah, yeah. Too lightly. Yes, sir. Too light Coming before... God, like it's a three-ring circus playing church uh, trying to incorporate the world into the church, uh, the worldly systems, uh, the worldly ideology. He uh, said, separate yourself from the world. He don't even entertain it. Hmm? With, the, with our rope uh huh you better stop playing <laughs> we might not have a rope pulled to you but they got a hearse <laughs> they got hearses Ooh. my god yeah they do they do they think that uh-huh Yeah, he will. Uh He make records and break records. God speak, and men die. You hear me? That's all he got to do. He ain't got to lift one finger in glory. He speak, and you die. Then he said he speaks again. Do you see the power in God? If the servant went to Jesus, he said, now, I'm not worthy that you should dwell under my roof, God. But if you would just speak the word only, and my servant will be made whole. That's all he got to do, elder. He ain't got to come down here in the cloud, but if he just speak the word to your life, you ain't got no choice but to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. You ain't got no choice but to be blessed, highly favored of God. All he got to do is speak the word. His mercy endures throughout generation. He's so good to us. All he gotta do is speak a word. Everybody, so Ria bakofia si, ria shata ria su, ria kinapa hata ria si, ria shadia. Just speak. Just speak, God. Just speak a word. No matter what the doctor report is. No matter what the bank said. No matter what the family said. No matter what my enemy said. Just speak a word. You mess up about a cloud when you need to be concerned that God continues to send a word in your direction. Because when he speaks, it is settled. It is finished. You know what he said on the cross? I'm trying here to wrap it up. So, Sister Alicia, take this offering. But I feel the Holy Ghost here. Uh, I feel the Holy Ghost stirring something uh, in the saints of God. Uh, When you realize uh, how awesome your God is uh, and how much He loves and cares for you, uh, that He will put this plan into action uh, to include you uh, in the family uh, to let you be a partaker of the Holy of Holies. Heavenly, heavenly. He so take you from faith to faith. And from glory to... I'm trying here. Let my feet be still for a few more minutes. Give me a few more. The Holy of Holies represent the throne of heaven. Find that in Exodus, the 25th chapter. It was one article of furnishing in the holy of holies. And that was the Ark of the Covenant. It was designed like a throne, a king's footstool. What did it have in there? Come on, class. Y'all should know what's in the Ark of the Covenant. It had some things inside. Okay, so, so won't it? It had Aaron's rod. What else, class? The tablets of the law. The word of God. (laughs) So the law reminded us that we all fall short. Uh huh. And we needed a savior, we needed redemption, we needed salvation. That's what the law represented in the ark that you need God. You need God's salvation. You need God to redeem you from sin and shame. But it was also something else in there. Come on, class. The rod, the tablets of the law, and what else? Oh, oh. What else was in that box? Oh, oh. No, sis. The Jaw and The manna. What is it? It's manna. Huh? Supernatural. (laughs) He's getting excited by herself. Jesus is. Manna you, you see that? because he is the bread that comes from heaven. And that's what God did when he provided the nation of Israel food, huh, the manna. Then the blood was sprinkled on the rod or the mercy seat. And that was to satisfy God's justice. And we know that God's grace is like the mercy seat. It covers the demands of God. You can find that in Romans, 5th chapter 23 through 26. Two golden cherubims stand with their wings, what? Spread over the mercy seat. That was the symbol of God's glory in heaven. (laughs) Wow, the cherubims, Elder. They had two wings. They were two wings. They were. They were. Oh. Oh. So even the cherubims had to cover from the glory of God. Huh? Y'all understand that? The chick human. Angelic beings could all the magnificent glory of God. (laughs) Y'all don't understand how awesome your God is. So the Shekinah glory was revealed to Moses and the high priest. Y'all done heard about the Shekinah. Mm-hmm. Y'all, yeah, you know Shekinah. You can say, well Shekinah, calm down. Yeah, the Shekinah, they kill you. All right, keep on playing. Now the presence of God doesn't dwell in a box. oh so when christ came on the scene he fulfilled all of that Mm. now the bible says christ in you a hope glory huh a more perfect a more excellent way nothing wrong with the old but christ is the more perfect Oh, did that that help a little bit when we're talking about the tabernacle? Amen. So now the new covenant is grace through faith. Huh? You got to draw near with a true heart and full assurance of what? Faith. You got to hold on to the profession of your faith without wavering no matter what happens in this present world, no matter what happens in the economy, no matter what happens in the governments, no matter what happens in the systems, what happens in the community, what happens all around the planet, you still hold on to your faith without wavering because your faith is precious. That is the new Which is more perfect? Y'all understand that? Hmm. Once and for all, Jesus offered up his blood for our salvation. The old song said he died one time. He ain't gonna have to die no more. (laughs) What he did was once and for all and it's still working in 2022. I don't care what folks say. Ain't nothing to that church. Ain't nothing to them church folk. All that blood and all that all that talking in tongues and all that dancing and all that jibber-jabber and all them Bible said, all them service you go to, ain't nothing to that. Let them keep on talking. But you got to have a full assurance of your faith. Because you know it's working. Ain't it working? Is it, is it working for your role? Huh? What you got going on right now? Is it working for you as opposed to when you was out in the world? It's working. It's working. It's working for me. Is it working, Tina? Huh? Can I get a witness when you was out there? Huh? As opposed to where you are right now. Ain't nobody here perfect. We all got flaws, but the Holy Ghost hide the flaws. Hide the flaws. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. But if you look at it. Is it working? Yes, yes. It's working for me. It works for me. Yes. Sanctified, do it work? It works for me. Uh-huh. Working for you.